The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Lovely story for you tonight. It's the story of Dr. Vuyani Mklomi, the co-founder and chief executive of Curo Medical. He's a medical doctor, a Rhodes Scholar, the co-founder of the business, and it's a startup that makes it possible for patients to receive care from the comfort of their own homes. And considering the state of many, many public hospitals, particularly in even private hospitals, frankly, <laughs> it's the, you know what it is? It's the trolleys. It's the trolleys, those metal trolleys, and the little indentations on all hospital floors, the cups and saucers that are wheeled around hospitals with the almost persistent flow of tea. I don't know where the tea goes. I don't know who has the tea. But the flippin' empty cups that get wheeled on these tin trolleys that rattle and clatter all the way through hospitals, seemingly 24 hours a day, are enough to make you sick. Vuyani, welcome to The Money Show this evening. It's good to have you with us. Before we, we start talking about the business, and it is Curo Medical, Q-U-R-O, is it? That is correct. Good evening to you, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Just give me a quick life story. I think you grew up in Kailicha. And um, and you spent a lot of time in hospital queues because one of your parents was sick quite often. And uh, you just, I think you looked at this and realized, even at a young age, that this just wasn't a model, a sustainable model uh, that was helping patients get well. Um, and I guess this is exactly uh, why I wanted to do medicine. So I grew up in a township in, in Kailicha. Uh, Cape Town. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad was quite sickly. He actually had uh, diabetes, poorly controlled, uh, which culminated in uh, in renal, sort of end-stage renal disease. Um, and we'd spend hours in hospital waiting to have, you know, to be seen by a doctor. And I think that's what sort of inspired me to become a doctor because I wanted to be part of the solution uh, by training and, and adding to the, the, the much-needed healthcare workforce in the country. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a horrible way to develop a passion, I suppose. But it got you to medical school. Where did you where did you study? Was it a UCT medical degree? Where was it? Yes, I, I studied at UCT. Um, I was there between two thousand and six and two thousand and eleven. And you you're quite right. But um, the the reality of of African entrepreneurs is that often the solutions that we come up with are not the likes of WhatsApp and Facebook. Right, they are often the kind of solutions and what inspires us to 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 even pursue our own sort of even conventional careers is the need that we see that surrounds us, um, and I think that that's perhaps um, in one part a a privilege, in that often your 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 own work is and then your your own work is tied to uplifting your own community, um, but on the other hand, um, you know you you do not have the luxury to to dream of of taking people to Mars when you know mm-hmm. you you you're barely struggling to yeah. to kind of um, provide habitation for people around you. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and, and your time at Oxford, what uh, was it furthering your medical qualification or was that going to do a business qualification? How did you make that transition from you know from medical studies into business? So during my time as an intern at Baraguanal Hospital, I remember quite distinctly sitting in a hypertension clinic and one of the patients had one of the scariest blood pressures I'd ever seen. And this is a patient who clearly is quite knowledgeable about, you know, her own healthcare, but no medication was delivered timelessly, um, you know, and she was really a victim of just poor uh, services. 
And, um, and, and at the time, there was this really fantastic research that was coming out of the um, University of Oxford uh, that demonstrated that, you know, it turns out that a lot of the cardiovascular diseases that we tend to develop much on later on in life in women who tend to develop high blood pressure in pregnancy, particular condition called preeclampsia, their, uh, you know, children tend to be primed to develop high blood pressure and glucose much on later in life. And that, you know, if you looked at, you know, children who were uh, born from women who had normal pregnant, otherwise normal pregnancies or uncomplicated pregnancies compared those to, uh, to those who had developed preeclampsia, they, the ones with uh, the children of, born to women who have preeclampsia tended to have higher blood pressures. They tended to develop, um, you know, uh, other cardiovascular complications much on late in life. And at the time, I thought that perhaps what is needed for me here, instead of sitting on this side of the table, perhaps I should be doing research that identifies the genes or other factors that are involved in this process, switch them up so that the patients in Soweto don't have to sit and worry about medication being delivered. Right. Um, and that's really what inspired me to go to Oxford to, to do the PhD, uh, where I did cardiovascular medicine research, um, particularly in obstetrics and gynecology. My word. Um, the, the business then, when, how does the business start? What is the journey uh, of the business of Curo Medical? Um, I have always been inspired. I guess I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, how I funded my own studies during high school was to set up a, a printing and computer business in Kailicha and Taiping. Uh, you know, uh, assignments and CVs of nurses and, you know, graduates at the time while I was, again, in high school, which is how I, I funded and, and assisted my, my mom to to raise, you know, uh, us in the home. And, uh, you know, I was then, I got into medicine. And, you know, if you know, within medicine, all you do is, you are, you, you, is medicine. You know, your friends are medical doctors. Your, you know, the environment you're in 24-7 is, is, is very, very clinical. And so you end up you know, uh, carving a, a sort of a, a typical clinical path. However, uh, I guess what the PhD really did for me was to allow me to spend a lot of time reflecting on the impact I wanted to have most in the world. I had a, a, a tool set and a passion which really was untapped in because I was, you know, I was, I, was, I was stuck in this very conventional career sort of healthcare path. But what our people really need were solutions to what was an intractable problem and training yet another doctor was not going to be it. My co-founder, uh, Zico Bali, and I, yet another brilliant individual who comes from a, 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 a very, very similar setting, and I had been ideating for a while in sort of the healthcare space, and there were, such, there were other sort of healthcare opportunities that we looked at. In fact, we worked on the, one of the very first sort of tele-health uh, solutions called ConnectMed, um, you know, many, many years ago, before I even went to Oxford. But after my time in Oxford, again, as I was reflecting on the impact I wanted to have uh, on the country and the continent more broadly, it was clear that the private sector would be this vehicle and digital health would, it would really assist us in unlocking a lot of these challenges. And what then happened is that uh, we conceived of, you know, the, the, the uh, sort of remote patient monitoring solution that at the time would solve a problem in the UK, which was uh, that was costing the NHS around 81 million uh, pounds annually. Um, you know, of patients who are not being discharged from hospital on time uh, with a great big concern that if we discharge them home, there would be no monitoring mechanism. But this problem was not unique to the UK, right? South Africa was facing a very, very similar problem in that we were, um, you know, having patients being admitted in hospitals around this country, both in private and the public hospital. And yet there were studies that were showing that patients do better at home. 
um, and there was just no solution for us to be able to 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 do just that. And so um, myself, Zico, uh, um, and Rob. Uh, and Ishmael came together. Um, these are some of the, the people I started the business with, ideated, um, had our first iteration in 2017. Um, and I remember at the time calling um, the, you know, one of my mentors, the then um, CEO of Discovery Health, um, Jonathan Broomberg, who said, Viani, this is an idea that's ahead of South Africa's time. You know, it's definitely a clear solution, but, you know, this is something that for us um, may be ahead of its time. And it was quite uh, um, exciting when I was having, you know, lunch with his family and he recounted this particular story um, and shared it quite, you know, speaking about this experience quite fondly in that, um, boy, was he wrong because COVID happened. <laughs> um, it accelerated <laughs> the adoption of this particular solution. Uh, consumer behavior has shifted towards getting care at home and traditional hospital groups are investing in digital health companies. It's wonderful. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk more about the story in just a moment. I'm curious as to how it works, the mechanism that that you that you use, Dr. Viani Nklomi, the co-founder and chief executive of Curo Medical. More on care in the home. It's a dramatic shift for many people who need to recover, and yeah, you do recover better at home. And how that works in a moment. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield is brought to you by APSA CIB, Africa's best bank for cash management and trade finance at the MEA Innovation Awards 2022. APSA's a registered FSP. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Dr. Vuyani Mshomi is the chief executive of Curo Medical. It's a company that helps people recover from illnesses at home. Typically, Vuyani, how will it work? I'm, I'm admitted with something, I don't know, fairly serious. You can pick the ailment. Um, I get treated in hospital. At some point, I could stay in hospital to recuperate or with proper care and proper assistance, I could go home. Explain it to me. Uh, it is quite simple, um, uh, Bruce, actually. So let's take the example that you've used. Uh, you've been uh, diagnosed with a condition. Let's call, let's give a conditional name, pneumonia. Um, you've established diagnosis. All the investigations have been done. Really what is what is what you're doing in the hospital at the moment is sitting to get your IV antibiotics, monitoring is taking place, and your doctor providing oversight, right? Occasionally, you may need some physiotherapy. All of the services that I have described can actually be practically delivered at home. Right. So what we then do is that we facilitate an earlier discharge for you. Um, Our team sets you up um, in the comfort of your own home following your discharge. Your doctor would first um, complete a referral form, um, which is a simple one page form, which gets sent to us. We then submit that form to the medical aid. We get a uh, what we call a pre-authorization authorization request for an admission. This comes back to us within the hour. A clinical team meets you either in the hospital or in the comfort of your own home. We then set you up with our wireless technology, which is an example of one of our core biosensors, is literally a simple band-aid chest biosensor that allows us to monitor you closely. Your doctor is able to log on to our proprietary platform and, and, and be, able, be able to observe your real-time vital sign data from anywhere instead of having to come by, instead of coming to your bedside to be able to see what you're doing. The data that we collect, unlike the general ward, we collect minute by minute. It is transmitted uh, to a 24-hour command center where a dedicated team of healthcare professionals 
uh, observing and monitoring these patients throughout the country. At the earliest sign of deviation of one of the uh, sort of your health data, we have got a team of emergency medical services provider who are on the ground that would be able to respond in a timely fashion. Now, what is always important, um, you know, is, 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 is that what we offer here is not convenience of healthcare. What we offer here is safety or safe healthcare delivered conveniently in the home. The reality is that while the hospitals are these fantastic places where concentrated care can be delivered to you, they're not always the safest, right? There's some interesting data, for example, that shows um, that 20% of the patients who get admitted into the hospitals, particularly the elderly patients, get delirium. You know, one in three patients, uh, you know, develop uh, or rather they lose a functional status that they never regain, right? We know that 10% of all patients um, who tend to be admitted into hospital uh, develop some kind of hospital-acquired condition, whether it's a fall or an infection. And lastly, one in seven patients who walk into South African hospitals um, are at risk of, of, of contracting a, a fatal hospital-acquired infection. And so it is always important to facilitate earlier transition of these patients to the home. And in some instances, and I think that is one of the things we are demonstrating now, even avoid hospitalization altogether. So basically, patients don't necessarily have to be admitted into the hospital before we are able to provide this care. Um, they can actually be seen by their GP or their specialists in their consulting rooms. Once a diagnosis is made and there's a very clear care plan for that patient, we then deliver and carry out this care plan for these patients in the comfort of their own home. What is particularly fascinating about this particular model is that in the private sector, the patients who are on medical aid this service is paid for from the risk benefit. So this is coming from the hospital benefit. So patients don't have to worry about the day-to-day -day or oh. their savings. This is coming from the same pool that hospitals would get to be paid for. But that's a, dram for. a dramatic mm. breakthrough, isn't it? I mean, it, and it, it, it's, Absolutely. It, it shows a wisdom uh, on behalf of the medical aides because they're looking at this and saying, what is the quickest route to recovery? The sooner the patient recovers... The, the shorter, you know, the, the less we're going to be spending on on medical care. So yeah, get get fixed quickly. Well, 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 and whatever the best solution is, let's do that. Indeed, Look, indeed. Um, what, did the stats show, what, did the, what did the stats show you? Sorry, Vuyani, we're running a little short of time. What did the stats suggest sure. in terms of your success rate in the home environment versus the hospital environment? I'm sure you've done that that study. So absolutely. I mean, this is one of those studies that are very, very well published, right? We know that patients recover faster. Readmission rates um, can be reduced by more than 38%. Uh, you slash the cost of healthcare by 50%. Um, you, um, try, we have averted, for example, looking at our, our own statistics. I mean, we have averted over 800 uh, hospital days. We have looked after patients um, with over 20 conditions. We've reduced hospital stay by 60%. Um, patients 
enjoy. And one of the things that's important is about the quality of care we're able to deliver. Um, patient satisfaction scores are at an all-time high. And one of the things that we're seeing is that while when we started, we saw a shift, you know, in the numbers from by looking after COVID patients, right now we're seeing more and more traditional cases that would ordinarily be admitted to general wards, um, you know, being treated in the home. And patients are not only going back to hospitals more frequently, um, mortality is low, morbidity is low. And therefore, this is really a fantastic solution designed for to improve both patient outcomes at the same time creating shared value within our healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, it's an astonishing breakthrough. It really is. Uh, how do people subscribe to it? How do people get, I mean, are, are hospitals attuned to it? Because this isn't in their interest to do, um, to, to send patients home. Um, they want to keep as many people in hospital as long as possible, of course, because it's a bit like a hotel. An empty bed is an unpaid for bed. Um, how does that collaboration work? So firstly, we've got amazing doctors who are signing up and who are using this platform for their patients. But we always encourage, you know, patients out there to request the service from their doctors. You know, part of one of the things that frustrates me about healthcare is how disempowered our patients are. So the first thing is always, you know, this solution is really designed for them. Um, and so they can request this from their patients. Secondly, we've got a lot of medical aids in the private sector that have subscribed, um, you know, to the um, to, to, to this particular offering, people can visit our website, www.curomedical.co.za. So that's Q-U-R-O Medical. And there we list um, a lot of the, the major and some of the, the, the other uh, medical aides who have signed up that do reimburse. Um, and, and therefore, if they need this particular solution, they'll be able to provide that. And if your medical aid is not on there, either change um, or invite them to, to, to join or invite them to, to, to join Curo. Um, and, um, and then lastly, um, what I do want to say is that they can contact us directly and we always try and provide the necessary information and education, um, you know, uh, for, uh, for doctors. And lastly, in terms of our presence, uh, we are in Johannesburg, uh, Johannesburg, Pretoria and the surrounding areas, Cape Town, PE, East London, and we are launching um, in, next month in Bloemfontein. Uh, so if people are in any of those areas, they're more than welcome to contact us. Wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting to us this evening, Dr. Vuyani Mshomi, co-founder, chief executive of Curo Medical.